Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Lib Bay podcast. I'm your host, Kerwin, aka Kiwi, aka Book Bay, aka your favorite literary fatty. My pronouns are they, them. This is a mostly bookish podcast. I am Lit Bay Pod on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If you do the social media thing, if not, don't you even worry about it. Uh, but if you want to key, you know, if you listen to this episode and you're like, ooh, I like it here, you can go ahead and just follow Lit Bay Pod on whatever platform it is you listen to podcasts on and that'll they'll let you know when I uh when I have a new episode out isn't that isn't that neat um if, if you're looking for more information on how to read books for free or how to resist Amazon while you're on your reading journey please check the information in my show notes I have referral codes and information on different apps such as Libby uh, Libby and Hoopla, which are both library apps, which all you need is your library card and you can just start, you can, I mean, obviously get your library card, go to the library physically and just dive in really. But also if you want to use Libby and Hoopla specifically, they have eBooks, audiobooks. Uh, I think they also do like magazines. There's a bunch of things on there that you can really utilize, but I really, um, I listen to a lot of audiobooks on the, on the apps and they actually have a lot of like the bestsellers. They have a lot of just like newer books as well. So if you're like, I don't want to spend money on books, you don't have to. Just get your library card. It's free. It's free to sign up, quick to sign up. We love the library. And I'm actually going to talk about my latest couple library visits, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, there's also Libro.fm, which is a great alternative to Audible, which Audible is owned by Amazon. Libri- Libro.fm is not. Libro.fm actually helps support uh, independent bookstores, which is really awesome. And then there's bookshop.org where you can buy physical books, ebooks, audiobooks, books in large print, whatever you like. Uh, but that also, the money you spend there also goes towards independent bookstores as well. There's also Pango Books, which I love because Pango Books is an app where you can like get on and you can like buy books that people don't want anymore or you could sell your books that you don't want anymore. And with the money that you make from buying books or from selling books, you can go ahead and either like take the money and be like, I'm going to buy a Telfar bag or whatever. Um, Or you can use that money and just like put it towards your future purchases on the app. Like you can just use the store credit or whatever. So I do that all the time. I still have not used real people money on Pango Books because I'm like, I just sell books to get new books. Um... (laughs) And I have, I listed, last weekend I listed 75 books on my Pango Books account. I'm Lit Bay Pod on Pango Books. If you want to buy books from me, um, Lit, Bay, Lit Bay Pod, I'm on there. 75, well, people have been buying books like crazy. Somebody bought a nine book bundle for me yesterday. And I was like, how am I going to send this without a box? I have no boxes. That's okay. I sent it off this morning. Didn't need a box. I'm a, I am a magician. Um, and then there's also the story graph, which is a great, uh, alternative to Goodreads. Goodreads is owned by Amazon. The story graph is not. The story graph is actually black woman owned and the bookish stats are really great. That's why you really get on there. Um, it's a book tracking app. So you get to like, you know, track all the reading you've done this year. Um, they have all these like really great features, I'm there for the bookish stats. I love reading like how many books I've read from each author this year, how many pages I've read this year. Um, I love like putting my reading goal on there, which I have surpassed my reading goal 
this year already um my reading goal is 100 books i recently <laughs> passed it by one book so i'm at 100 i'm sitting at 101 completed books for the year right now um i also did a page goal for the year and i said 30,000 pages i'm up by like 168 pages i'm like ahead of the game so very proud of myself i'm gonna see how many books i can like uh i mean continue to read before january 1st 2024 we'll see but yeah that's all that's going on there so check the show notes uh this podcast also gets e for explicit because i'll be up in here cussing child cussing okay so speaking of language the word of the day today is audacious. It is A-U-D-A-C-I-O-U-S. It's an adjective. Audacious is a word used to describe people or things that... Wait, describe people or things that people make or do that are confident, daring, or bold and surprising. My sentence is going to be... The amount of books I read this year, audacious crazy came I can't I still can't believe that I surpassed my reading goal of 100 books this year and we are it is not even December y'all it is November 10th so um yeah and currently I'm also reading uh Out There Screaming I'm listening to the audiobook of Out There Screaming which is that horror anthology that is edited by Jordan Peele but it is it's uh stories written by Black authors specifically writing horror stories, and I'm really enjoying it. What else am I reading? I'm reading Sister Outsider right now by Audre Lorde. So it's her poetry, essays, and speeches, I believe. And I feel like I'm reading something else. Oh, yeah. I'm reading Everything Is Not Enough by Lola Akamende uh, Ackerstrom, who also wrote In Every Mirror She Is Black. That is the sequel to that book. I am listening to that audiobook as well. I'm enjoying it like a lot, a lot. Um, I will not be talking about it right now though because I don't know how I feel. I don't know how I feel. I'm like, oh, I'm like a few hours into the audiobook and I'm just like, what's going on? But like in the best way, I'm just like, I'm trying to catch the vibe right now. I'm still catching the vibe. So I'll let y'all know when I'm done with those. But yeah, really enjoying everything that's going on there. Um, what did I just read to? I read like, I think it was called Written in the Stars and it's by somebody bella floor what's your name girl it is wait it says written in the stars yes by alexandria bella floor i listened to the audiobook using the which app did i use i used hoopla written in the stars is a cute little rom-com i should have had this pulled up before i started talking about it and i didn't but also i could kind of go off the cuff and just be like what is it about? So let me see. I'm just going to read it. I'm just going to read it. After a disastrous blind date, Darcy Lowell is desperate to stop her well-meaning brother from playing matchmaker ever again. Love and the inevitable heartbreak is the last thing she wants. So she fibs and says her latest setup was a success. Darcy doesn't expect her lie to bite her in the ass. L. Jones one of the astrologists behind the popular Twitter account, Oh My Stars, dreams of finding her soulmate, but she knows it is most assuredly not Darcy, a no-nonsense stick in the mud who is way too analytical, punctual, and skeptical for someone as free-spirited as Elle. When Darcy's brother and Elle's new business partner expresses how happy he is that they hit it off, Elle is baffled. Was Darcy on the same date? Because awkward. 
Darcy begs Elle to play along and she agrees to pretend they're dating, but with a few conditions. Darcy must help Elle navigate her own overbearing family during the holidays and their arrangement expires on New Year's Eve. The last thing they expect is to develop real feelings during a faux relationship, but maybe opposites can attract when true love is written in the stars. I think we already know how this ends. I think it was a cute little ride. I would say this book really did start off strong. It was really funny in the beginning. Um, really funny. I was like, damn, this girl's writing. Somewhere, though, um, I'm not saying this is a bad book because it's not. I think that this book definitely has an audience, um, especially across us queers. This book definitely has an audience. I just feel like the book was a little white for me. There was no niggas in this story. Uh, I just, and I, I just didn't like it. But, I mean, the book wasn't written by a nigga. So it's like, you know, okay. <laughs> so... I, uh, it was cute, and if you're just looking for something a little gay, and just like a little funny and lighthearted, and a little emotional, I, I, it's, that's all you. It takes place in Seattle, if you're into Pacific Northwest, catch the Pacific Northwest vibes. Um, you know, it was cute, but also by looking at the cover, I knew what it was when I picked the book up. It's two white ladies on the cover, and I, you know, I, I thought that maybe one of them had a black friend or two, but... It would seem that they do not. Um, there, I do. I can confirm that there are black people who live in Seattle because I've seen them with my own eyes. But you know, just not in this book. You know, maybe we just missed them. I don't know. But yeah, it was it was cute. Um, what did I read it again? Probably not. But you know, it was cute. The um the L character was really cute and uh, just funny and you know down to earth and all of that stuff and it, it was cute <laughs> I keep saying it was cute it was cute I, like I don't know and that's what it was supposed to be though you know what I mean it was supposed to be like a cute little lighthearted romance it's 370 pages um I think the book was actually because I read the audio or I, I read the audio I listened to the audio I think the audio is like 11 hours it's 11 hours and 11 minutes I, I wonder if they did that on purpose 11 11 that's kind of cute now that's cute okay but anyway we're not talking about this anymore what are we talking about I actually this episode is going to be kind of short I think I'm saying that and then this episode will be like 45 minutes long um but I feel like I've talked about Katrina Jackson a little a, oh, Katrina Jackson not Jackson, Katrina Jackson. I feel like I've been talking about her a little bit more uh, recently. And I feel like I've really been focusing on like the smut. But I do want to point out that like her writing is very good. And I do really enjoy her stories and her plots. And I think that these are books definitely worth talking about and reading. Um, I wanted to just kind of go back um, and just kind of I'm still going to talk about smut because it was good. When the smut is good, smut is good. But like, that's not why you go. That's not the only reason why we read Katrina Jackson, right? So in the book she did, it's called Looking. Um, Looking follows uh, the couple. I forgot their name. I should have probably looked them up, huh? But you know what? Okay. <laughs> let me, let me, let me, hold on. What was, what was their name? Now you want to act like you don't. Oh my goodness. You trying to act like you don't know what book I'm talking about. Hello? It like literally just popped up. What are we doing? Okay, here it is. Darren and Nadia. That's who we're talking about. So we have we follow this couple, Darren and Nadia. Um, they are a beautiful black couple. 
Um, they've been together, I believe they've been together for a really long time. Uh, since like back, I think they were like college sweethearts or something like that. And like, they just, they're crazy about each other. And, you know, as they've been together, they they just really love each other. They're still attracted to each other. They have this really beautiful family. And Nadia is bisexual and Darren is really supportive of her going on this journey. And so Darren and Nadia, they're like, okay, we think we're ready to add a girlfriend to our marriage. Like, how do we do this? And so after months and months of like searching, they find Jordan and Jordan just fits. Yeah, Jordan is this fine, dark-skinned black woman uh, with a lot to offer. She's amazing. Uh, she's really witty, and she, like, knows what she wants, and she is just... I love... We love Jordan, but we loved everybody here. Um, what I loved about this was the thruple... I, I guess the theme of, like, polyamory here, and the theme of, like, having supportive partners that actually support your queerness, and that it's, like, never too late to come out, or, you know, whatever. I, I mean, we didn't cover the coming out part, which is, that's their business, but I really liked it. I really liked that this is a really short read, it's really fast-paced, and it's really funny, too, and it, it's also very, like, emotional as well, because it's, like, Jordan is not just someone that this couple has sex with. Like, they are, like, adding her to their family um like that's what they want to do they want to add Jordan to their family um and like Jordan is going to be like you know meeting the kids and things like that you know if they want I think we all know like when you're reading a contemporary romance a lot of the times the characters always kind of get together at the end I think we know that but I think the beauty in that is that we don't know how these things come together um, but I really enjoyed this book. I haven't read anything like this before. And I love that it wasn't just like, oh, we're just looking for somebody to fuck. No, we're looking for somebody to love as like a unit. And I thought that was really lovely. And the smut was great. Okay, next up. <laughs> I read the, what is this called? It's like the curriculum vitae. No. What is this called? Hold on. It's called Office Hours. Hold up. What is the, Okay. So, oh, it is called Curriculum Vitae. Hey, okay. So the the um, series is called Curriculum Vitae. The first book in the series is Office Hours, and Office Hours follows Doctor Doctor Deja Evans and Alejandro Doctor. Excuse me, Doctor Alejandro Mendoza. Um, and they are, I think, Doctor Deja, Doctor Evans. She is, you know going toward her tenure and we talk about black women in academia um doing more work doing a lot of work with you know not more pay and you know just trying to be the best and actually caring about the caring about your students caring about your the program that you're building and just navigating all the microaggressions and racism and sexism even that comes with you know navigating an academic space as a black person um and so she is just like really into her work she's not really dating and things like that but she has like a little bit of a crush on dr mendoza and miss and dr <laughs> dr mendoza also has a crush on her and has had a crush on her they've had a crush on each other for years and so it was really nice to see how they came together and also just to see how like 
hard Dr. Mendoza specifically loves on Dr. Deja. I love that and how he like cares for her. And of course, the smut is good. Hello. But it's really it was just really lovely to see how much he cares for her um, as a person. And, you know, is like you do need to rest and you should take care of yourself more. And, you know, let me love you. Let me love you, Deja. So that was really lovely. And then I went ahead and read the second book in this series, which is called Sabbatical which follows Dr. Deja and Dr. Deja and Dr. Alejandro's friends and coworkers, Tony and what's his name? Tony, Tony and Mike. And I really like Tony and Mike too. Um Tony is you know, she got her plan for the summer. She is like we about to rest, we about to relax. I'm about to renovate my home. We going on sabbatical. Um She's like, we're going no contact with work. Don't bother me. No emails, no, no departmental politics, no nothing. Like, don't bother me. Um, but, you know, Mike was like, you know, she's about to go on sabbatical. And, you know, I, I've always had a crush on Tony. And, you know, I, I want to spend more time with her. I want to get to know her. And, you know, they spend the summer getting to know each other. You know, he helps her renovate the house and things like that. Obviously, what do we say? The smut is good. The smut is great. But I think also, indeed, this is about... We love seeing Mike take care of Tony. Like, emotionally. He really cares for her as a person. Um, And I just... I had a really good time listening to both of these books. I thought they were really good. And they, you know, they cover... They don't, it's not just a, so, so many times, like, it's not just about the contemporary romance, especially when black people are writing these books. It's also about them, like, navigating what they're going through. So we do get to learn a little bit about, even though Tony is on her sabbatical, we still get to see, like, why she is burnt out, why she wants to take a break, why she is ready for the sabbatical. She is like, girl, I'm done. Also, I really enjoy when women, but especially black women and women of color, write men characters in books because we always get it right you know what I mean we always get it right like this is what we want give us the fantasy give us the fantasy yeah because this is I was like I would I would love a Mike or an Alejandro I would I would love would love I would welcome them with open arms and legs but anyway (laughs) but yeah so I would say um let me see so office hours and sabbatical are are on the library app Hoopla for sure, for free if you want to read them. Um, I listen to the audiobooks. I believe the ebooks might be on there, but I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But the audiobooks for sure are on there. And I thought the audio, uh, the audio narrators or the wait no, just, yeah, just the narrators who narrated the audiobooks. I thought they did a great job. I was very pleased. I was very pleased with the whole experience. Um, And then Looking, I do not believe is on a library app at this time. However, um, you can go straight to Katrina Jackson's website and buy it. And it's on sale almost like everywhere. I think it's also on Libro.fm. It might be on Bookshop.org too, but I didn't look for it on there. So don't quote me, but I know for sure it is on Libro.fm if you just want to get the audiobook and just listen listen it's so good and it's like these are like pretty short reads I think all of them are kind of under the 300 page mark which is great 
Okay, what else? Okay, Isabel Canas. I finally finished Vampires of El Norte. I knew I was going to like it. Um, I knew I was gonna like it because I really liked The Hacienda by also by Isabel Canas, and I talked about that one last year in the fall it was fabulous so just to catch you up to speed um vampires of el norte 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 <laughs> i don't know i love rolling my r's this is fun um but it is about nena who is let me see it really okay look Here's what, here's what we're going to do. I'm not going to read the synopsis. It's about Nana and Nestor. Nana and Nestor became really good friends when they were like younger, when they were kids. They were super close and they loved each other. They It was just really nice because of in the first like 25 pages of this book, you really get to see how much these kids care for each other. And it was really just like a lovely connection that they that they built. And it was beautiful. And so one night... Nestor and Nana both like snuck out and they were I think they were like looking for silver or like looking for gold or something so they like snuck out and Nana was attacked by something and um you know Nestor was like she dead you know he he was like I saw her she's dead like I I saw her so you know he he was able to like get the thing off her and then he brought her back to her house and he was like, we need help, like blah, blah, blah. And then um, Nana's father was like, you did this to her. You better not come back around here no more. They were like, get him. And so Nestor ran away and he ran away for like nine years. He said, I'm not going back. He said, my best friend is gone, whatever. And so then Nestor, nine years later, Nestor finds his way back to his like home hometown. And he sees Nana and Nana not dead. And he said, skirt. And so that's what he said in the book. He said, skirt. Um, and so then Nana is upset with him because she was like, we made all these plans to be together, you know, to like always kind of be in each other's lives. And you just left. But she did. But like nobody was really giving her like facts on what happened to her that night. Um, and while all of this is happening, because you know, Nestor came back anyway because, you know, the white people were coming and snatching up, trying to snatch up their land. And then also they had monsters running around at night attacking people. And, I, and they were just like, we need help. So that's why Nestor came back in the first place. And then, you know, Nana is also like a healer. So she is like going to with the men to fight the white people. And... You know, she's she's trying to, like, heal people. And, you know, when people are injured, she has to help them and bandages them up and all of that good stuff. And so, yeah, that's that's what it is. It was a great book. I'm just trying not to ruin it for y'all because y'all need to read this book. It was very good. It was so good. Isabel Canas knows how to write a fucking book, okay? She knows. And, like, what I loved about this book specifically, like, The Hacienda was good. But Vampires of El Norte? child it was good because like this is a historical fiction that is horror but the way that she threaded the romance like into this fucking story genius she did a great job um i was hooked i like 
I just committed to reading the last 100 pages in a night because I was like, I can't stop. And I didn't stop until I finished. It was so good. And I'm happy with the way that things turned out and how everything ended. Um, I'm very pleased. So y'all need to read this. Um, this is a new ass book. So right now it is not on any of the library apps. I'm so sorry to say. But you might be able to find it on, um, what's that thing? On like Pango Books maybe. Or you might just have to buy it. Or you might have to get your sugar daddy or your sugar mama or your sugar person. Your sugar they them to buy it for you. I don't know. Buy the hard, yeah, because I think only the hardback cover is out right now. But I bought the hard hardback cover because I know my girl Isabel Kanyas can write. So I wasn't, I was like, I know I'm going to have this book forever. So I'm not worried about it. But that's just me. Next up, <laughs> I read The Spirit Bears Its Teeth. This is the second book I have read by Andrew Joseph White. Um, this book follows, what is this person's name? Silas Bell. So it is London, 1883. The veil between the living and the dead has thinned. Violet eyed mediums commune with the spirits under the watchful eye of the Royal Speaker Society. And a 16 year old Silas Bell would rather rip out his violet eyes than become an obedient speaker's wife. According to mother, he'll be married by the end of the year. It doesn't matter that he's needed a decade of tutors to hide his autism and he practices surgery on slaughtered pigs that he is a boy and not the girl the world insists on seeing. After a failed attempt to escape an arranged marriage, Silas is diagnosed with veil sickness, a mysterious disease sending violet-eyed women into madness, and shipped away to Braxton Sanatorium, a finishing school. The facility is cold, the instructors are merciless, the students either bloom into eligible wives or disappear. So when the ghosts of missing students start begging Silas for help, he decides to reach into Braxton's innards and expose his rotten guts to the world as long as the school doesn't break him first. This book was amazing. It was really good. What I will say, very gory. But so was so was their other book. Um, what other book was it? It was kind of, what, what was it called? It was called Hail Followed With Us. That book was also very gory, but it was very good. Very well written. This is a young adult fiction fantasy. It's a historical fiction, uh, young adult very dark, emotional, tense, medium-paced. Yeah, I would say medium-paced. It's queer. Uh, this is a trans character um, in the 1880, yeah, in 1883 London. Um, the cover is gorgeous. I got a first edition. Um, on my Pango books, I have a first edition copy that's signed by the author on there for 15 bucks, which is pretty good because this book just came out, child. So if you wanted this up there... Um, but yeah, I mean, the book was great. I I really liked it, but I will say, check the trigger warnings on this one because it might, it, you know, and even the author themselves, they say like, you know, at the beginning, they put like an author's note that'd be like, it, this might not be for you. <laughs> and I'm, I'm really glad they did that in their other book too. And I was for, I, you know, it was nice because it was nice to know what to expect, but I, I thought this book was very good, but it does have some very, like, intense themes. So just, you know, take care of yourself. Um, so that's all I've been reading. But the last thing I want to talk about is the public library, because I just remembered that I don't say nothing about public libraries, really, in the intros to these episodes. I'd be talking about, like, oh, yeah, the library app. But I'm like, yeah, but, like, go, physically going into the library, Right. Um, so I recently went on a date with one of my friends and we went to the library. We were like, we're going to get you your library card and all of this stuff. So we like went after work, went to the library and 
we got her signed up for for her um for a library card. We took pictures of her with her library card so she'll always remember the day. And then um we went like at night cuz I think the library closed at like 7 or 8 and we no it closed at 8 cuz we slid in there right at like 6. So there was like nobody in there on it's <laughs> like nobody in there except for us. And we were so excited that we forgot that like you supposed to be quiet in the library, but we definitely were not. We were like squealing with delight, but nobody was in there. And the librarians were both queer. And I walked in and I said, family, they're here. Yeah. I was like, this is awesome. So, um, <laughs> we, I just, I guess I just forget sometimes that like the library isn't, does not just carry fiction. Um, the library like carries books on like knitting, uh, sewing clothes, constructing garments, crocheting, jewelry making, embroidery, cookbooks, etc. Like uh also I like thumbed through, thumbed through a few books on like home decor and like feng shui, which was really interesting. Um and it's just like a free space that you can hang out. You can just hang out and like you're not expected to like pay for anything, so it's really nice if like maybe you work from home and you're just like, "Oh, I'm always kind of like you know, at home and maybe after work, I want to go somewhere, but I don't necessarily want to go get a drink or anything. You can just like go to your, walk to your library. If it's walkable or drive to the library and just like hang out, <laughs> sit at the table and like go through some of the home decor books. Um, also my library has a, like a very fire queer lit section. I was very surprised. I was like, okay, I see y'all. It was very good very good and very relevant i would say like books that came out like within like the past like maybe five to six years and i was like that's pretty good um so i was very impressed and library cards are free all you need is like your id so they know that you're like a natural person um and uh yeah books are free 99 and most libraries i would say now carry bestsellers and they carry like newer books within like the past year or within the last year or something like that so I mean if there's you know if you don't want to pay for books you definitely don't have to the books are free you can go in physically or you can use the apps they even they even like tell you about Libby and like Hoopla because they're like we get it if you don't want to like come in all the time and sometimes you may want to just read the ebook or read the audio or listen to the audiobook and I just think that's really lovely and I was just really surprised and in a good way about what the queer uh lit section was looking like at my at my library and I have just been like uh thinking about how maybe I need to continue kind of keeping up with what books are you know with book banning and like you know things like that and how I can get involved in that way because um, liter literature is like very important to me and um, you know I want to do my part to like help because I can't fix the whole world but I can when I feel called to something and I feel like this is something we can all take take away from or reson this might be something that resonate resonates with you or not but like sometimes you just you feel called to help the world but like in a specific way and that is one of the ways that I would like to help society is by getting those books to pe to the people who need them um especially like queer lit and you don't have to be queer to enjoy queer lit either um so I think that's lovely but yeah that's all I have for this episode um and I will be back 
sometime in the near future to talk shit about white authors not having any niggas in their books. But anyway, until then, um, you know, I hope you have a great week. I hope that um, you see niggas in your real life. You know, I, I really hope you do. The world would be nothing without niggas. I, I just, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to tell you people. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you people. Um, but anyway, have a great week. And um, stay safe. Take care of yourselves. Practice efficient self-care if it is if it is available to you. And I love you. And I'll be back soon. Okay, bye.